Welcome to this audio presentation from St. Charles River Church. Today we have a message that we believe is full of practical and relevant behavioral teaching from God's Word, the Bible. We'd like to invite you to grab a piece of paper and a pen. Take notes as you go through this looking for a personal application from God to you. Sit back and enjoy as we begin this message. Good morning, St. Charles River Church, and good morning all of you that are joining us on this broadcast. Wherever you're at, we're excited that you're here and that you're watching and joining us live at St. Charles River Church. We are blessed that you are with us. So let me just give a shout out, whether you're in Latin America or you're in Europe or you're in Canada or here in the United States, wherever you are, we just want to say thank you for joining us. I even know that uh, there's a few in uh, Africa that have joined us uh, over the over the last several months. So we want to give a shout out to you. And we're just grateful that you would take the time to join us this morning. This is, in fact, the Sunday before Christmas all around the world. Families are preparing to come together, hopefully at some level, and and celebrate the joy and the season of Christmas. It's been a different year. I think we can say that safely uh, without uh, any hesitation. It's been a very unique year. And so we're, we're just thrilled that you would take the time to join us this morning. If you would do this, just, just hit a like on there. Let us know that you're on there. Let us know that you're there. Give a shout out to us. And uh, certainly we are thrilled. Every time we see somebody give a shout out uh, to, to St. Charles River Church, we appreciate that so much. Don't forget, don't forget, uh, keep us uh, in prayer this week. Keep those in prayer, perhaps that you know that are dealing with COVID-19 as well. Those that are around the world, uh, families around the world, church families around the world, pastors around the world are having to deal with that that very delicate situation. We have a few families here at St. Charles River Church that are dealing with it as well. So why don't we just open our morning service this morning with the this this time of prayer and placing before the Lord the needs of the people around the world, the church as well as those that need to be in the church, the, the seeker, that person who's seeking Christ. And perhaps y'all are dealing with families that are sick. So let's take the time to do that. Heavenly Father... We are grateful for your goodness and your mercy. Your word says in Psalms 100 that it lasts throughout all generations forever and ever. We thank you, God, that you have placed a hand of knowledge and wisdom upon physicians around the world, nurses and, and healthcare professionals around the world to deal with this pandemic. And you've given supernatural speed uh, to these vaccines that are coming out. Clearly, Lord, your hand is in these things. And I want to lift up those that are sick among us. Your word says to do that, to call on the elders and, uh, and have them come and lay hands on the sick. So for those that, Father, cannot come into this auditorium today, if they'll just reach out their hands, and if they can't, we are reaching out towards them. 
today. And we ask for divine touch upon those that are in hospitals around the world, not just for COVID-19, but we ask you for whatever illness it is, we ask in the powerful name of Jesus Christ that you will bring healing to bodies supernatural around the world. And let there be testimonies of the supernatural hand of God that was brought literally by this season of prayer for for those that are sick, believers as well as those that are seeking for truth. We ask this, Father, in Jesus' name, encourage families who have lost those, uh, whether it's to COVID-19 or other issues this year. Encourage them in this Christmas season that there is a God who loves them so much that he came and dwelt among us. You came and dwelt among men so that we may know you and spend eternity with you. I ask you, Father, that you would reveal this truth and this peace. You are truly, Lord, the Prince of Peace. Be that in in the church around the world this Christmas season. In Jesus' name, I pray. And we agree. And every believer said, Amen. Thank you for for praying that prayer with me. And, And again, for believing. That God actually means what he says when he makes promises. That he actually means what he says. I just want to encourage you. Don't stop praying. Don't stop praying for the sick among you. Lift up people. Prayer changes situations in hospitals around the world. It really does. We'll never know until you and I step into eternity the effect of our prayer. But the Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much or it brings about much. And it's actually that's man. That's a human being man. The effectual fervent prayer of the believer brings about much. And we're trusting for that this morning in the name of Jesus. Hey, this is, uh, as I said, has been a unique year. Uh, But I got to tell you, it's also been unique opportunities uh, to get to know our neighbors across the street. I now know more of my neighbors, and they know more of me. <laughs> and and I hope that's a good thing, uh, according to my neighbors. I hope that's a good thing. But I now know more about my neighbors, and I've seen more neighbors doing things for neighbors. I can tell you uh, from the surgery that I had October 30th of this year uh, to restore my ability to walk. Uh, and I'm not exaggerating when I tell you that. Literally, my whole lower extremities were cut off. The north and the south weren't speaking to each other at all uh, for about four days before I had my surgery. And they did an emergency surgery on me October 30th. But I can tell you, my neighbors came. One of the most, I, I mean, I'm going to tell you something. I saw Christmas alive and well, even before the Christmas season started this year. Uh, I, I, I had neighbors that came to me. I had neighbors that came to me and, and uh, they would call me. And uh, they would tell me, I'm, I'm out on your back patio and I'm doing this for you and Gina. I'm doing that for you and Gina. I'm, I'm, I'm putting your plants away. I'm cutting your shrubs. I'm, I, I'm hauling your shrubs away, you know. I'm, I'm outside. I'm moving your patio stuff now. I see that the wind is blowing it around. I've got neighbors, brothers up and down the street that have come and done. The, 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 uh, this family's just, uh, the Beninati family's just been amazing. And I appreciate so much this family on my street. But then there's a family right across the street. 
street from me that's been praying for, for Gina and for me this entire time. And then uh, Ernie and, and uh, his wife Gloria, Ernie had a uh, some kind of a massive coronary issue, rushed into the hospital uh, just a couple of weeks ago. And we were praying for Ernie and Gloria. We were meeting at the driveway, you know, ends of the driveway, yelling over to each other. We're praying. Believers, they're, they're believers. And then there's, uh, then there's Spencer and Camille and their, their two children right across the street from us. Oh my goodness. Uh, I'm, I'm walking around my house with this walker. Uh, it's, I've, I'll never take walking for granted again. That's the truth. I'll never take it for granted again. So I, I walk my way to, or I, you know, kind of make my way over to the front door. They ring the doorbell. Didn't know it was them. And there they stood with the most beautiful Christmas smiles and the children wishing me uh, well and a speedy recovery. And the children actually made a hand. They, they painted a handwritten card for me to get well. And I'm going to tell you something. That hangs on my refrigerator and... I don't think I'm ever going to take it down. I was so touched by what people have done for people through the last several months, reaching out to people, making sure that seniors are okay in their home. What a beautiful spirit of Christmas that even came a little bit early. It was happening in March, April, and May, and June. The whole year was an opportunity to give the spirit of Christmas. And I want to talk to you about what that is, the spirit of Christmas this morning uh, it's it's a story that begins like this. For God so loved the world that he sacrificed his only son so that whosoever believeth in him will not ha- perish but have eternal life. And let me just share with you. The, it's a beautiful Christmas story that I'd like to read to you. I don't think that it can be written better than it is written in the book of Luke. God is so good about perfectly writing and through man the way he wants the story told. And I want to read it to you. It's just the Christmas story. And it starts in the second chapter of Luke. And it's about the birth of Jesus. Read along with me. If you have your cell phones at home or if you have your Bibles at home, open it up and let the children actually sit by you uh, and, and actually read and hear the Christmas story this year. It starts like this. Chapter 2, verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place under Quirinius when he was governor over Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. By the way, fulfilling prophecy that Messiah would come through the line of King David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Verse 8 says, For there were shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all of the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This is a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, 
Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them, gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Where they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who were, and all who heard were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned in glorifying and praising God for all of the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. What a beautiful Christmas story. It's, it's a sweet, sweet story. It's a simple story. God is the God that created all of the heavens and the earth, the one that blew stars into existence, that's really fully capable of a magnificent entry into this world. I mean, think about it. He's still blowing stars into existence just by the fact that he wills it to be so. This God who could have created the most majestic entry fit for a king he chose rather when man couldn't get to him he chose to come to man with a simple story of a baby who would come and someday would assume the throne of king of kings and lord of lords not just to rule over you but that you may rule and reign with him at his side You see, he loves to share his kingdom. He's all about sharing his kingdom. And he didn't come to put you under his feet. He came to raise you up. He came in the most amazing humility and submitted to being a man. To walk in the steps of every man. To endure the same temptation and to endure the same pain and the same tears and the same joys that you would someday face. He knew what it was to lose one of his best friends, Lazarus, to a tomb. And you may say, yeah, but he knew he was going to raise him up. He's going to raise you up too. That's the truth. It's it's going to come. It's not just for one. His grace is for all. It says favor rests upon all men. And it's for those who receive it. I want to share with you something. I, I believe we have missed oftentimes the greatest Christmas gift of all. And I'll unveil it this way. As I tell about the greatest gift of all, his name is Jesus, by the way. I'll share with you just a real quick story, if that's okay. It's about my worst Christmas ever. My worst Christmas ever. And it wasn't as a child. I don't remember any Christmas that wasn't amazing as a child. I can remember uh, I, I, whether I believed in Santa Claus or grew up old enough to believe that my mom and dad were Santa Claus or however, however it came out. I, I will tell you, I love, I love the stories of Santa. I love the stories. I love my mom and dad took us to see Santa all the time. So we bless those great stories about Santa Claus and, and, uh, and how he's coming down the chimney in just a few weeks or just a few days, actually. But I got to tell you, one thing I, I appreciated as a child was my mom and dad always made sure we had a great Christmas, the best they could. Now, we didn't have extravagant gifts, but they always did the best they could. So as I grew up, 
I can tell you, there was a point in my life where I had gotten into my career, which at that time was hairstyling. And uh, I had just started work. It was December 1 of 1979. I started working in our family hair salons. And I was new. I was so new. I didn't have a clientele. I can tell you, I didn't have a clientele. Even though I was the owner's son, I didn't have a built-in clientele ready to go. And I can tell you, December 1, I started work. And by December 23rd, I didn't make very much money. I didn't have very much money. You see, I couldn't go back to my parents and borrow money like I had all those years because now I had a job. And that year, I was just starting to date my now wife of almost 40 years, Gina. And I didn't have but just a few dollars. I, let me tell you what I had. I had less than $50 to spend for Christmas that year. After I paid my bills, I had less than, quite a bit less than that. And as the number began to dwindle down, I realized I wasn't going to be able to buy my mom and dad much of a gift. And I felt the pressure. On De around December 22 or 23, I began to feel the pressure. Do I go to my mom and dad and borrow money? <laughs> kind of like Cousin Eddie on Christmas vacation. You know, let me borrow some money to buy you a gift. Buy yourself a great gift. I couldn't do that to them. I just knew I wasn't going to go to my parents and borrow from them to buy them a Christmas gift. And the pressure mounted and it mounted. And I, I'm going to tell you what I did on December 24th. You see, our family always opened our gifts on, on Christmas Eve. Then mom would get up the next day and make a big breakfast. And we just enjoyed each other. Well, Christmas Eve, I went and bought my mom and dad a box of four chocolate-covered cherries each. It's all I could afford. And I was in my room that night, and I remember wrapping those two small boxes of four chocolate-covered cherries. And I sat in my room and I bawled like a baby because I couldn't give to my mom and dad what I wanted so badly to give to them. And I finished wrapping those. And I went downstairs. And they weren't in the living room at the time. And I slipped those two boxes under the tree. And I left, and I didn't come home that Christmas Eve, because I couldn't look into the eyes of my mom and dad after they're all they'd ever done for me, and watch them open two small boxes of four chocolate-covered cherries. It was by far and away the worst Christmas I felt I'd ever had. And so the next day, of course, I got home really late that night and I went to bed and the next day I got up and mom and dad, there's mom and dad eating those chocolate covered cherries sitting at the table, drinking their tea and eating their chocolate covered cherries. And I said, and I just began to weep at the table and I told them I am so sorry that I couldn't have bought you what I really wanted to buy you. And of course, my mom and dad got up put their arms around me they said you don't understand the greatest gift you could have given us last night was to be here 
at home with us. They put their arms around me. They said, you're the greatest gift God's ever given to us. You and Brian and BJ and Dawn. You see, you're our Christmas, not your presence. And today I can tell you as an adult, more so as a parent and as a grandparent, every time my daughters, our daughters, walk in those doors, Gina and I feel like we're having Christmas all over again. Every time they walk through those doors with Darrell and Dan and the man and the sisters is what we call our grandkids, Kaysen and Sienna. Every time they walk in that door, I am often reminded the greatest gift that they can give me is that they come home and they're actually there with us and that I get to hug them and that I get to squeeze them and kiss those grandkids like I've never kissed a human being in my life. And those of you that are grandparents, you get that. You know exactly what I'm saying. I can tell you, I saw my dad this week. I drove down to Branson. He lives with my sister Dawn and her husband David. David is brother to me. He's not my brother-in-law. He's my brother. And I can tell you that when I walked down those steps into my dad's home, my dad got up with big crocodile tears in his eyes. And he made his 85-year-old body's way over to me. And he put his arms around me. And he squeezed me as hard as he's ever squeezed me. And he said, thank you for coming to be with me. Thank you for coming to be with me. I can tell you the greatest gift that you can give to your heavenly father is to be in the father's house. On the day of his appearing, he's coming back, but not as a as a baby in a manger. And I believe sooner than later, I really believe that with all of my heart, the greatest gift you could ever give your heavenly father is to be in the father's house. And he's calling you today in this Christmas season, the greatest Christmas gift you could ever give to your creator, your heavenly father, is to tell him today, I'm coming home. Dad, I'm coming home. You remember the prodigal son, the story of the prodigal son. If you remember the story, after the son had gone and and run as far as he could and as hard as he could and blew through all of his money, as much of his money as as the father gave him that was his to blow through. And he was sleeping with pigs and he lived and he partied hard. The most beautiful part of that story from my perspective was when the son said, I could, I can be a slave in my own father's house. He'll at least make me a slave and I can sleep in my own bed, not with pigs. He decided to go home. And what he saw on that road that day was a father who was looking for him. And when he came home, he didn't come, he wouldn't let him come home as a servant. He yelled quickly, get Get the, get the, get a royal robe and put it on my son. My son has come home. And he put the, the royal crest family rings on him and he, he blessed him with, with this, with this honorary welcome home. And I can tell you today, that's the greatest gift that son could have given the father was to come back to the home, to the father's house. And I want to pray with you today. If you're not surrendered completely to Christ, you may be a believer in God. You you may actually realize that there is a God and that he did send his son. But you've never fully surrendered your life over to him. The greatest gift you'll ever give him. I'll say it a third time. 
the greatest gift you'll ever give your heavenly father is to be in the father's house it's you're his greatest joy one day he's going to say come home my child come on in He's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the fullness of my kingdom. I want to pray with you if you've never done that. This Christmas season, you can mark down on your calendar that you gave and totally surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. The story started as a beautiful baby in a manger as I read to you. Wise men made right decisions in that day. Be a wise man or woman today make the personal choice to be in the Father's house through the the, the gift that He gave to the world, His Son, Jesus Christ. Pray with me if you would. Heavenly Father, I want to ask you today that you forgive me that I have lived life my way. It's just simply called sin. I have not lived life your way, which is simply called righteousness. I want to ask you today, Father, to forgive me. And I want to come home to the Father's house. I want to give you the greatest gift in light of what Barry said today. The greatest gift. I want to give you me today. I want to surrender my life to you, Lord Jesus. Come in to my life. Come into my heart and be my Lord and my Savior. I receive you today in the name of Jesus. And every believer said, Amen. Can I just say it this way? Welcome home. Welcome to the Father's house. Can I tell you the worst Christmas ever for me turned into the greatest learning instrument that God ever used in my life about the value of me being where my Father wants me to be. The joy of my presence, it revealed so much to me. It's the greatest lesson, perhaps, of my life is to know that my Father really cherishes my presence and he cherishes you and there's nothing you can do to make him not love you now i don't even know what your history is but there's nothing you can do to make him not love you today if you prayed that prayer your name has been written in the book of life and your father is thrilled to have you home in the name of jesus i want to congratulate you on that decision I believe it was the wisest decision you've ever made. On behalf of St. Charles River Church and all of the pastoral staff and, and our, our families and the elders and, and our families, I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. We love you all so much. We cherish and treasure that you're part of the St. Charles River Church family and that you allow us to be in your homes and in your lives. Please remain in touch with us during this time. Just know that we're praying for you. And if there's anything you need, we want to be here for you. Reach out. I know you wouldn't know how to contact the pastoral staff. But just reach out to us. We love you all. We hope you found this audio presentation from St. Charles River Church both beneficial and enjoyable. If you're, you can also reach us online at www.stcharles.com. Dot org.